Welcome to SBM Studios Podcast, your home for the most insightful interviews featuring Southern Gospel artists and industry insiders. Now, here's your host, Scott Bolden. Well, thank you, Jason, and welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the SBM Studios Podcast. We're glad to be back with you again for another episode. Uh, y'all were getting pretty uh, pretty regular with this. This is our ninth episode, and uh, we really appreciate the support and the feedback that we're getting from you guys, and thank you for sharing us, and, and I think that a lot of our listeners have really enjoyed the Southern Gospel focus that we've had over the last several episodes, and I tell you what, we're going to continue that today. I am very blessed to have joining me uh, a good friend from the Southern Gospel industry. I met him several years ago, and and I'm thankful to call him friend. Uh, we have Riley Harrison Clark with us today. Hello, Riley. How you doing? I'm doing great, Scott. How are you? I'm doing just fine, man. I really do appreciate you giving me your time today. I hear that you've got a little bit of labor going on, and I thank you for taking a break and talking with me. Well, I appreciate you calling me, and to be honest, with me doing what I'm doing, I'd like the break, so... Uh... <laughs> If you need to do another one of these in a few days, just let me know. <laughs> I hear you, man. It's kind of like the other day I talked with Josh, and uh, they were moving. Uh, they were actually packing oh, up to move, yes. and he's like, oh, yes, thank you. Thank you for, <laughs> yep, no, for this break. You're exactly right. I, I told Megan, I said, I'm going to stay in the trailer. She said, well, you're working kind of long. I said, well, actually, I think I'm going to just sit here and talk on the phone for a few minutes. So uh, I appreciate you letting me. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I really do. I thank you for taking the, uh, the time out of your day and, and a few moments away from your family to talk with me. And speaking about that, I know uh, in our West Alabama area that uh, you've been in our area singing a, a good bit. So a lot of our folks will know you, but we are reaching out uh, pretty much nationwide now. So if you will, take a few moments, just uh, maybe introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your family. Just uh, let our listeners hear a little bit about you. Well, uh, I can do that, and I don't mind at all. Scott actually got it right. My full name's Riley Harrison Clark. Um, it's not all the time that people get them in the right order, but I've just kind of learned to uh, answer if I hear all three. So <laughs> I appreciate you getting them in the right order. Yes, sir. I have been on the road singing gospel music now. This is my 11th year. And, wow. uh, I, yeah, it's been, it's been quite... Uh, quite a ride, a good ride. Um, and we can talk a little bit more about that as far as career goes, but I'll tell you about my family. My wife's name's Megan. Uh, she's from Alabama, Ranburn, Alabama. Know right where that's at. Well, that's where she's from. And, uh, we have two kiddos. We have a six year old son. His name's Colbin and we have a four year old little girl. Her name's Charlie Ray. And, um, yeah, they, uh, they keep us going, that's for sure. And uh, since we've not been able to have them in school all the time, we've all gotten to know each other maybe a little bit more than what we even care to. So <laughs> that's it's, awesome. been, uh, it's been fun. <laughs> and you said Colbin is six? Yeah, he's six. Wow, time flies because I believe yes. one time when uh, you uh, were with Tribute and the group was coming to Kennedy, I believe that at that time around that concert, maybe Colbin was ready to make its entrance into the world. I think somebody uh, filled in for you. I, I think I'm it's, remembering that correctly. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's very possible. Um, I have taken off 
the road uh, three times. <laughs> and it was uh, for my kids. And then uh, I had an emergency gallbladder surgery uh, on New Year's Eve a few years back. Oh, and wow. uh, those are the only times that I've taken off on the road. And um, I'm glad he let me go for at least a few days. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I thank you for giving us that information about your family. And yeah, you kind of touched a little bit on your career. And, and that's how I got to know you. Um, I knew you from your days with the Tribute Quartet. What year did you start with Tribute? I started with Tribute 2010. So I guess this actually professionally would be uh, my 10th year on the road. Um wow. So uh, I had done some singing and all a little bit before then, but professionally, this would be my 10th year that I've been out here on the road, but I was with the uh, tribute for uh, almost nine years. Wow. Yep. And, and, uh, and about 10 years in the industry and you haven't even hit 30 yet, have you? I haven't. Uh, 29 <laughs> wow. this year. Yeah. <laughs> That's Just amazing. Last month. That's amazing to be an old pro at such a young age. I have been fortunate, Scott. I mean, honestly, I, I started when I was 18 and um, people ask all the time, well, how did you get into it? And particularly students of mine, I, I'm a vocal coach outside of this and students of mine will ask, you know, how do we get into to the gospel music world or, you know, the country music world, whatever, whatever world they want to get into. Right. Um, and I hate sharing my story, to be honest, because it just kind of happened for me. Um, I, my, my story isn't so encouraging because uh, there really wasn't a whole lot of hard work involved to get into the industry. Now, I had been singing uh, and working with coaches since I was 12, uh, professional coaches. I'd come to Nashville and work. And um, so as far as the vocal side of things, I'm, I've worked very hard. Uh, but as far as uh, getting into Southern Gospel, uh, I was on my face one, one morning, early morning, and uh, I told the Lord, he's going to have to do something because I can't stay where I was. I can't keep doing what I was doing. I know that he wanted me to sing, uh, but it wasn't quite happening. And literally, that was at about 2 o'clock in the morning. That same morning at about 10 o'clock is when Gary called me. <laughs> oh, wow. And, uh, and I packed up a car and drove uh, about it was about three days after the phone call drove up hopped on the bus with them and and that was that and uh, they hired me before we even went out on the road and and I never came back home <laughs> oh that's wonderful though yeah so I, I, uh, I get what you're saying because you don't have one of those long uh, yeah, stories of you know, paying I, your dues yeah <laughs> correct you know I jumped I mean it's the truth I, I, I jumped on the road with the guys and they were really that was when they were really starting to hit a good peak right. and um, their momentum was really good they had just bought a new bus and you know I didn't have to ride in a van right. I didn't have, and except for uh uh, shortly after I joined, uh, our bus burned down, and I was in a van and trailer for about a year. But <clears throat> yeah, I, I remember guess that's that. What the Lord, yeah, was was showing me. He needed to humble me some. But <laughs> no, I mean, my story isn't. You know, I sang in a few groups that you know, and and had a full time. I mean, I 18 years old, jumped on a bus. I I had the dream. We were singing on every stage that anybody wanted to sing on. Oh yeah, we were singing. We were singing with any artist and every artist that anybody wanted to sing with. And uh, I've just. I was very fortunate and I, and I realized that, but it's because of that story or the lack thereof, I guess that my story isn't always encouraging because <laughs> after I talk to somebody and tell them that all they feel like they got to do is go home and pray. And the next day they'll get a call from <laughs> their favorite group, you know? Right. 
And hey, I guess, you know, it is a possibility if it's God's plan, but and, it is a possibility. And that was God's plan for you. And yeah, I all right right at that time is about the time that I met Tribute as a group uh, at NQC through uh, okay. we had mutual friends with uh, Jason Baines. Jason had traveled a lot with Gary and Josh back in their Wilburns days. And yeah. uh, so that's about when I met y'all. And so, yeah, I was kind of able to get a front row seat watching that. And yeah, y'all really at that time is when took off and tribute uh, definitely came to where they're at now. One of the top quartets in Southern gospel music. And, and you uh, had a whole lot to do with that. I mean, you, well, you came in with a dynamic voice and a dynamic personality and it was just a great fit. You guys got along together fantastically. You had a great chemistry on the stage and on the bus and that carried over and showed and it was a blessing to watch that well it, and and honestly you said it uh scott because on there are a lot of groups that that are fantastic on stage they do well but but they you know they they stick to themselves on the bus and and if you're on the bus 200 days a year with the same four guys five guys or whoever it can be very difficult. And, um, that wasn't something that I was, you know, that was, I was brand new to that. I had right. never even thought of doing that really. And, uh, but I was able to get on that bus and for my entire time that I was there and still after, I mean, I was texting Josh today and Gary called me last week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always been this relationship that we've had before we get off the bus and get onto stage. And I really think that that played a lot in uh the success of the group as as i was there and obviously as they continue on um i but i was green when i got on that bus i didn't even even to southern gospel i didn't know you mentioned nqc when my first nqc i joined in june and my first nqc was obviously that year a few months later right and uh one story i tell all the time is there was a gentleman walking in front of our booth there. It was obviously still in Louisville and, and people were kind of gawking over him, you know, and, mm-hmm. and flocking to him. I looked at Josh. I said, who's that? He said, that's Tim Riley. <laughs> oh goodness. I said, <laughs> I said, well, who does he sing for? And Josh said, well, he owns gold city, you know? <laughs> and, uh, that was, that was my introduction to, uh, to Southern gospel music. And then shortly after that, we did a Gaither thing and, and I'm just, I had I only knew who Gaither was because I had seen him a few times on the TV. You know, right. I just I didn't know a soul, and and honestly, I'm kind of glad that that was the case. But that also brought along a lot of uh, insecurity. Uh, we went on a cruise shortly after that with a whole bunch of artists, but Brian Free was on there, and um, and at this point, I had been around him some, but I hadn't had the moment, the opportunity to just kind of sit and watch him. Mm-hmm. And he sat and he sang and people just loved it. And (laughs) I did too. I mean, I appreciate, I love Brian and I appreciate his singing, but that wasn't how I sang. Right. And, uh, and immediately on that cruise, I can, I can remember where I was sitting. They were singing up on the top of the boat Uh and I, I went back to my room just ready to hang it up because I saw the way they were responding to him. Sure. And, and that wasn't me. And, and same for Gold City t- Tenor. I don't remember who was singing tenor for him at that time, but that was the sound, you know, that was making people stand up and get excited. And I'm walking in there and I don't sing like that. And right. uh, which was come to find out a lot of the reason that Gary hired me. Um, yes. But um, 
nevertheless, it it my first my first couple of years was met with a whole lot of excitement, but a whole lot of uh, discouragement brought on by myself. Yeah. Um, you know, but we, we, we lived through it. And then I started realizing, I started getting the comments that were like, you know, you don't sing like that person. And I think that's what I like about you. Uh-huh. You know, maybe they didn't know how to take me, but, but they knew that something was there that worked. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I, and that has a lot to do with the rest of the guys and the style of the music that we were singing at that time, the songs we were picking. And I don't know, Scott, I just, I've been very blessed and fortunate and, and it's been particularly, you know, with the guys with tribute, it was, I couldn't have asked for it to go any better than it did. Absolutely. And yeah, you're right. You brought something different to the table and that was an excellent thing. I, I totally get it for a young man, you know, stepping into the, the bus that you stepped in and the arena you stepped in. I totally understand how you felt. Uh, you know, I, I can, I can, I can, I can understand how that would be something that would be placed in your mind, but, but that was the thing, you know, that made you special was your voice and your ability. And, and you see that uh, uh, all the way across Southern gospel in the tenor position, you do have those like Brian and Brian's one that I grew up trying to imitate before my voice changed. And, uh, yeah. cause I'm a good bit older than you. So I was, uh, I, I was growing up while he was in the gold city heyday, you know, back in that time. Yeah. And, but, but, and that's fine and dandy, but then you have, other singers and that's that's one thing that made the tribute sound and it's still the same with Gus now it's a different sound you the tenor does not have to do the you know the sky high endings it's more about the blend yeah. and the and the tonal quality and and so everybody brings something different to the table so yeah you you definitely helped grow the group uh to where they were at and then i remember uh somewhere around 2000 I, well, in QC 2018, that's when you had your release party for your solo project. And it was probably, I'm guessing it was somewhere around that time that the Lord started dealing with you about maybe a change coming. Am I hitting that about right? Yeah, you are. Um, so I had the I had the opportunity to go in and record a project. I had some friends of mine come to me about two years before I actually had recorded that project. And they said... Um, we're not rushing you. We're not pushing you into anything that you're not comfortable with, but when you're ready to record, we're ready to help you and um, financially, monetarily speaking. Mm -hmm. And, and I said, uh, I said, all right. And at first I thought, well, I better take them up on this because, you know, I don't want them to change their mind. And it's not every day you can spend the money on a project that somebody's offering to pay without any kind of, you know, reimbursement or anything. Yeah. And uh, and I, I almost took him up on that. But it was at that point in my life, I didn't have anything to I didn't have anything personal to say. Uh-huh. I could have recorded a great project. I could have recorded some great songs. Now, obviously, I know Jesus loves me and I love him, but I didn't have the material, the life material that I wanted to present when the time came for me to do a solo project. And so I put it on hold and they would ask me every few months, they'd say, Hey, you know, how, what are you thinking? Are, are you? And so two years goes by and I've still not cut a project, but then I started dealing with a lot of stuff in my personal life and, um, some, uh, things transpired and opened up, uh, some situations and circumstances that took place in, in my childhood, um, some abuse and things of that nature that nobody knew about. Matter of fact, Megan, my wife, was the only one that knew anything about 
the situation at that point. And, uh, but through a series of events, um, my, my parents found out and, you know, it was just a big snowball effect of emotion. And, um, and I started dealing with that. That was right about the time that my uh, Charlie Ray was born and, uh, that, pregnancy didn't go quite as we had expected and I just felt like the pressure cooker of my life and my emotions had finally hit a breaking point and uh with that came I know this is this is sometimes gets people on edge but uh with that came a lot of anxiety and depression and waking up every day trying to figure out if it was even worth it to roll out of bed and Hmm. a, a lot of things a lot of stuff that now I had to deal with um And I've said for a long time, um, I learned at that point the difference in struggling with something and dealing with something. Uh, For so long in my life, uh, you know, particularly in ministry, people would come to the table and they'd say, I just want you to pray with me. I've been dealing with depression my whole life. I've Mm -hmm. been dealing with, with sickness my whole life. And I came to realize in my own life that there was a difference between dealing and struggling. And where I had been, you know, I had I would tell somebody, well, I've dealt with depression my whole life. I've dealt with anxiety and panic attacks. The truth about it was I never dealt with it. I had only struggled with it. Mm. And, uh, and so at that point in time, before, uh, right about the time that I started looking for material for this project, I, I started just having material. I'd go into a writing session and I'd tell an experience to a co-writer and they'd say, we need to go somewhere with this. And, and I've always been, tried to be and it, it's hard when you're in a group because uh, you can't you can't act as an individual um, right it's understandably and uh and so your mission is pretty pretty well straightforward and honestly gary gave me a whole lot more room on the tribute stage than probably any other group manager uh would have and, and i'm very grateful for that mm-hmm. uh but when i started getting into writing sessions and just sharing my heart it let me know that the transparency that I have now with myself is what ends up changing lives. Yes. And, um, and you can tell someone that Jesus loves them, and if they believe it, it'll change their life. You can tell someone that Jesus cares about them. You can tell someone that, that you care about them. You can tell someone that you've walked this road or, or you're walking this road, and, and that's where things change because it's personal. At that point, you're taking yourself from the proverbial a stool and pedestal on a stage to the seat beside them. Yes. And the truth about it was I was probably in a worse position and, and in worse shape emotionally and spiritually than anybody I was singing to. Mm. At least mm. it felt that way. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you're right. I started feeling this shift of, of ministry. And so me being able to, write songs and share things from a perspective now that is as an individual rather than uh, a quartet or in a group, it's easier and it's more genuine and yes. I'm able to be more transparent than ever I could have there. So I'd like to think that ministry would have been the same with them, but it, I just, I genuinely don't know that it would have because I can say so much more now. Yeah, um, perfect. You know, sense. you yeah. don't you don't want to try and talk over somebody, particularly when it, on that stage I'm the tenor singer and Gary's running the show. You know, <laughs> right? And like that, and like I said, Gary, Gary, let me talk a whole lot more than anybody else probably would have. Uh, but 
uh, anyway, I just started uh, started writing material, and I started realizing that I've I've got something to say now, and and I want to start sharing it, um, which took a bit of some courage too. And in all of this, Megan started feeling the shift in ministry as well, and and we didn't talk a whole lot about it. We just knew that something was coming. And truthfully, I didn't release "Welcome to Me" with the intention of coming off the road with tribute so quickly. Uh, I released that, and it was like one morning I woke up on the bus, and the Holy Spirit said, it's time to talk to Gary. And wow. I thought, yeah, yeah, okay. I can remember we were in Texas, and uh, and I got off the bus that morning, walked into Walmart. I called Megan like I did every day, and we started talking. And she said, before you say anything else, I've just got to let you know that I woke up this morning, and uh I really feel like the Holy Spirit was telling me that today's the day you got to talk to Gary. Wow. <laughs> and at that point, I'm going with that gum. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, confirmation. Fine. <laughs> and so and so I did. I, at the end of that weekend, we were headed home, and um, we, I went to the back of the bus, nervous, and I just shared my heart with Gary, and he was, he was it's safe to say that he was bummed. I mean, for obvious reasons. I mean, genuinely, I was too. I'm jumping off of a bus that was just, we'd been nominated for Dove Awards and number one songs. And Mm -hmm. like, it's easy to get out of of a position when it's not going well, (laughs) you know, or when when you're unhappy. But but that wasn't the case. And uh, so for the Lord to tell me, no, now's the time you got to go. It didn't make a lot of sense. Um, so, but Gary was very understanding and he was very encouraging and we just started working through it together. Um, we released that project and, uh, things went well with it. And so January 1st, uh, 2019, I, I hopped off the bus with them and began a solo ministry, which is what I'm doing now. And, uh, we had a great year, 2019, um, sang in a lot of new places. We revisited some places I'd been with the guys. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, everything had changed at that point because while they may be expecting the tenor singer from Tribute, that isn't necessarily what they got. Right. They got somebody that was ready to minister in a completely different way. Yeah. And um, and I'm thankful for that. I'm glad that I was able to uh, go about that. And so ministry really changed then. And then we had... Uh, my very first single was nominated for a Dove Award, which mm-hmm. we were excited about, obviously. Um, so first year was great. And then we get to this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, it jerked the rug out. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like, you know, first year, everybody in the industry and, and you know, as far as the fans go, everybody's just curious about, you know, how it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And um second and third year those are the good years those are the years that you're really trying to find yourself and your fan base and all i found is a bunch of face masks and time at home that i wasn't anticipating (laughs) in the mud and mire behind the fences when you finally came to your senses You said even the servants in my father's house are better off than I am now. You didn't think he'd take you in, much less call you son again. Instead, you found a mercy so beautiful and wild. 
that it looks beyond the foolishness to seek a wayward child. There is no condemnation, just a father who's been waiting to put his arms around you. Oh, the anticipation, what a great Hi, this is Maria Kramer Wolf of the Kramers, and you're listening to SBM Studios podcast. Yeah, yeah, and I, my heart goes out to you and all of the the artists and the evangelists and all that you know depend on on scheduled dates and full yeah. congregations and, and and love offerings and and stuff like that. And I know it's been it's been a terribly tough time. Um, it's one of those things where. We just pray that he'll bring you through it, and I uh, know he will. But I tell you what, while we're sitting here, and um, you kind of opened up into this, and I think if you're okay with it, we'll dive a little bit deeper because you mentioned something. Uh, you mentioned something about you know some of the things that you were experiencing uh, while you were with Tribute and, and things that were going on. And I have absolutely zero idea what date this was that I'm fixing to talk about. But um, and you talked about how Gary would let you have uh, more time to share uh, on the stage, probably than just about any other manager would. And and I, I agree with you on that. He gave you a lot of uh, grace with that. But I remember being at a concert here in West Alabama, and um, you know it's one of those things. And you mentioned it about people having on pedestals, whether and it, it's not just a Southern gospel artist. It goes for pastors and ministers, and sure. you know anybody who is in that place, and and for all those who come to listen to the sermons or to come to follow the worship leader or to come and listen to the artist, there is that personification in their mind that this person has it all together and is just walking step in step, hand in hand uh, with the Lord with no issues and no problems and, you know, uh, just following the yellow brick road and, and everything is just great. And you know, that's, you kind of hit on there, that's not always the case, and I remember coming to that concert, and um, I served a total of, of a worship, as a worship leader for, I guess it was around 17, 18 years, um, I was right in the middle of a bad spot, um, the last few years had not gone um, the way that I would love to for them to have gone. And, and it was not, there, there were a lot of blessings through those years. God really blessed and, 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 and actually expanded the territory of the ministry. But there were some snares that the devil had laid out under my feet that had yeah. caught me. And, and basically a, a small snippet of me, um, you talked about depression and anxiety. I come from, um, a family background that that kind of runs rampant in um, genetically. And then as a child growing up in it, you know, um, you kind of get that imprinted, you get that behavior and those issues imprinted. And 
and coming from a broken home and being displaced as a child and just a lot of different things, um, something that most folks that really even think that they know me pretty well don't realize how much I have that going on in me. The, the, sure. the, the tendencies to experience depression and anxiety if, if I'm not careful. And uh, that particular night I came to that concert, and I don't really know the whys. It was probably just maybe a little bit of uh, inflammation over the, the situation that I was experiencing, but I came there with a heavy heart. It was one of those times I was really glad to be able to get away from my church building and go sure. someplace else and sit and be ministered to. And yes. uh, I remember that night, Gary gave you the mic for a little bit, and I don't know, you were sharing your heart and, and you were sharing more than I'd ever heard. And it's pro- I'm just guessing it probably hit during some of these times that you spoke of uh, a little bit earlier. But you, during the time, you it's like you kept looking at me. You kept look, coming back and you kept looking at me. And then at one point, you even looked at me, locked eyes and called my name with your message. And, you know, I definitely think at that point in time, the spirit was leading you to speak you know, a message that I needed to hear. But I also think you spoke it so vividly and passionately and effectively into my heart because you were sharing from your heart. And and then that translates now to you as a solo artist. You're right. When When you're in a group and you're in a branded group, there's a lot of expectations that comes from that. And, and now I am of the opinion that a whole lot more transparency is needed in ministry yeah. because yeah. I have, I have spoken as uh, served as interim pastor and I was talking with some colleagues outside of the church I was ministering to and talking a little bit about some messages I'd given in some of those messages. I had been very open and real about my struggles with depression, with anxiety. Uh, I have a bad struggle with temper that the Lord has to help me with and just some things like that. And, yeah, I was kind of told like, ah, you know, I don't know if I would go down that road that open because they're <laughs> going to be, you know, they're going to be thinking, well, if he can't get it together, then how are we? But that's the thing. We can't get it together. You know, you, you mentioned that you weren't dealing with what you had going on. You were struggling with it. If we yeah. try to work it out ourselves, that's what we're doing. We're struggling because yeah. we are not equipped to make all this right. Only the Lord and his power is what can make it right. So I'm going to keep being transparent and I'm going to keep using that because I do think like someone like you that comes in as a soloist, you sing your songs, but you're going to follow the spirit and, and, and speak whatever he leads you to speak. And in those moments, you're going to have people in the audience you can connect with just like you connected with me. And he's Correct. going to lead you to, to use your testimony to minister to folks. So, and, and you spoke of something that's very real in this day and time is so many of us are dealing with baggage, I guess is a good way to put it, that comes from experiences that we had many, many years ago. Yeah. Well, my, my whole thought and theory is, um, and, I, and I think that I understand in a lot of ways um, the, the cross-eyed, and the glares when uh, you might say that you're going to be dealing, you're going to be talking about this or you have talked about this, or maybe when you do talk about it. Um, but my thought is I was raised in a home where, you know, my parents, you and the Lord can handle it. 
And that's, that was, that was the way I was raised. And so whenever I'm, I'm struggling with all these things, my catch on that was, well, I don't believe the Lord wants to. (laughs) Yeah. And so if I'm at a place in my life, where I'm really struggling with these, these negative thoughts. I'm in this really dark space, which I believe every single person, you're lying if you say you've never walked in a place like that. That's right. Every person has walked in a dark place. Maybe they don't want to admit it. Maybe they don't know how to admit it. Maybe they don't, maybe they still never dealt with it. Maybe they never talked about it. And that's the first issue because they don't even want to talk to, to the Lord about it. They right. just try and well just take it from me. Well, my problem was I was in such a dark place that I didn't believe the Lord cared enough to take it from me. Mm. I didn't believe the Lord loved me enough. I didn't believe the Lord should love me enough mm-hmm. to take me out of that place. And so the change for me came when, uh oh, here we go. I went and sought help. Uh-huh. I had to. I had to, and it was it was a Christian counselor. I mean, I, I jokingly say, you know, I've got three and a half shrinks and the half is only because Megan shares one with me, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but I had, I had to get around people that could believe for me Yes, that God wanted to take me out of the place that I was in. Hmm. I had to be around people that were going to, by the word of God, say, no, this is how it is. Mm-hmm. No matter what you believe, no matter how you feel, no matter what you think God thinks of you, this is the word. This is truth. And so with this truth, not the not the misconception that you have in your head, but with this truth, that's what we're going to start standing against your depression, against your anxiety, against your struggles, against your sin. Though This is what we're standing against that with. Not your misconceptions, not your ideas of what he should think or shouldn't think, mm. but this truth of the redeeming power of God's love and grace and mercy that's new and fresh every day and every moment that we need it, and even then some. That's right. That's what we're going to stand against your depression with. That's mm-hmm. what we're going to fight your confusion with. And the, the problem, in my opinion, not that you asked it, <laughs> is that particularly the demographic that Southern gospel mainly is, is you are we're speaking to these people that have just tried to walk themselves through all these situations, whether they believe that God wanted to love on them or not. Hmm. And they don't want to, even with sometimes their spouse. And I say this because I've now seen it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I've heard it. Uh, I've had these people come to the table. I have looked at folks straight in the eye, pleading with them to simply understand that they don't have to walk through what they're walking in alone. Right. And finally, they, because I said it, Mm -hmm. and because I told them that I would believe with them, they would then come to the table and go, particularly Lynchburg, Virginia, I can tell you, there was a man, he walked up to the table after I had shared more of my story than I ever have before from stage. Mm -hmm. Um, He came to the table and he said, for 65 years, I've dealt with someone abusing me and nobody, not one person ever knew. Oh, wow. Mm. Scott, the weight and the baggage that you can say doesn't 
rest on you when you've been through something like that. It does. Mm. The weight and the baggage that that man had been carrying his entire life. Mercy. I, I would like to say I can't imagine, but I can because I've been there. Yeah. Fortunately for me, I had a <laughs> reconciliation before I was 65. Right. Yes. But it was not until I said to him, I'm just like you. Yeah. It was not until I said nobody knew about my struggles uh, until three years ago. And then he came up to the table and he tells me his story. And I'm able to, at that point, say, okay, now let's stand on what the truth of God's word is. Mm. And with that, you'll find, you'll find freedom. Amen. You'll find peace. You'll find joy. I don't remember the night you're speaking about <laughs> because it's my goal. Mm-hmm. And I teach this uh, to particularly my gospel students and whatnot. I teach outside of gospel music, but um, my gospel students, I tell them one of two things has to be second nature. It has to be something that can be done without thinking. And if your intention is to minister to the people that are sitting in front of you, then obviously hearing from God has to be your priority, yes. which means singing correctly, everything you're coming to me for, your placement, your vowels, your your pitch, all of those things have to become second nature. Because if you're thinking about all of these other things and what song you're going to sing next and how you're going to set up this next song or, or whether you should or shouldn't sit down or whether you should grab the mic stand, if you're thinking about all of that, then that moment when I need to look at Scott in the eyes and say, God's got you, is not going to come. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to be able to hear it. Right. It has been my goal from the very first time I stepped on a stage at 13 years old to let God use me. And I have seen not just the amazing things that have happened in other people's lives because I was willing to do that. Now, have I, have I been in the place every night? I'd be lying to you if I said I was. No, there are a lot of nights that I've walked up on stage and I've been distracted and frustrated with something. And thankfully... <laughs> I sing good enough songs that right. they can minister themselves. Right. That's right. <laughs> but I, I have seen so many lives changed, literally changed by me being obedient. But not only their lives, I've seen my life changed. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to miss out on that next opportunity. That's right. I don't want to get on stage and think about the next song so much that I can't see God use me and feel God use me in a way that's going to radically change someone's life or maybe just in the slightest way change their thinking enough that by the end of the service they're going to go okay I want to know more mm-hmm. it's a goal of mine and I I remember the very same inc- the same National Quartet Convention uh, that I mentioned earlier about not knowing who Tim Riley was yeah uh, my very first time on stage, we were singing at that point, Calvary Wins Again. I don't know if you remember I that do. song. I One do. of my favorite songs that tribute everything. Mm-hmm. We were singing that song and there's a gentleman in the artist circle. And I just, I've always wanted to, I've, before the night's over, 
if I don't catch your eyes, it's because you weren't ever looking at me. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh-huh. And as far as I can see, my goal is to catch someone, everyone's <laughs> eye, you know, before I get off stage. And there was a gentleman sitting in the artist circle, and I, man, I was seeing Calvary Wins again just so that he would come up and ask me to help him be safe. And uh, I didn't know who he was. I didn't even really pay attention. I was just singing to him, I mm-hmm. was selling this song, you know? Right. And at the end, uh, we finished our set and somebody hollers. Uh, they get on the mic and they holler, stop that young man. <laughs> and I turn around and it's the guy that I was looking straight into the eyeballs of. Oh. And he's for some reason got a mic and he's on stage. And he tells, you know, he speaks into my life and encourages me in a great way that night. And um, but I walk off stage still not having a clue who it was. And it was Gerald Wolf. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but and he I'm I'm telling you he that changed our relationship immediately. Yeah. When I was able to first of all it was easier not knowing who he was at the time. Sure. Uh but when I was able to walk up on that stage I at that point there may have been 15,000 people there, I don't know. My only goal was to sing and let God use me. Hmm. And I was going to look at that man in the eyeballs until he was confessing his <laughs> sin at the bottom of that stage, you know? Right. And uh, from that day on, that was, that was what changed Gerald's and I, well, that's what began Gerald and I's relationship. Yeah. And do I say that to my own horn, not in even the slightest, I say that to, for whoever's listening and whoever's paying attention maybe you're in ministry maybe you're not maybe you just sing at your church maybe you just try and tell somebody that jesus loves them while they're driving through the bank i don't know but what i do know is that if you walk into the position of wherever you're at with the intention of being used by god Mm -hmm. to speak into someone's life that's exactly what's going to happen absolutely but it begins when you're willing to be real and transparent with yourself and understand that God wants to use you beyond anything you've done or anything you've been through. Amen. And the path of this conversation to me, uh, two, it's kind of twofold. And the first thing, and you know, everybody is called who, who is everyone's called to minister in some way, but to yes. those who are set aside for, ministry for vocational ministry. Sure. Um, there is no cookie cutter mold. There is no, everybody is called differently, equipped differently and, and sent differently, but we need more people. I believe in ministry willing to take off the Cape to, to, to put down the facade and, and to be real with people. And, and it's not saying you have to have a, a red face, blushed face confession series every time that you get up to preach or you get up to sing. That's not what we're talking about. But people do need to understand that, you know, I've said this before in preaching. The only thing different than me and the congregation that's sitting out there looking at me is a piece of wood standing in between us. I, I'm, yep. I'm, I'm a filthy sinner, just like anyone else. Uh, there's yeah. nothing righteous it's in my flesh in front of God's eyes. It's only through him looking through the blood of Jesus upon me that cleansed me, that redeemed me, that renewed me, that that uh, made me born again in, in his blood. That's the only 
hope that I have is is in is in that salvation through Jesus, and to that they need to understand that ministers are just real people too, real struggles. Um, yeah. One thing is there one thing that I've encountered in ministry, and you know you had the experience where you moved from struggling to dealing with it, but it's not just that congregation member that struggles with things 65 years, I have come across many a minister yep. who has locked that stuff away so so far away, so deep, so buried, and not dealing with it because they've got to be the pastor. Yep. They've, they've got to be the minister. They've got, I, I, I've seen it wreck. I, I've seen it wreck ministries, and to be honest, I've also almost seen it wreck mine, personally. Yep. And... We need to be real. We need to be we need to be real first of all in the face of God and and, and, yep. and be open and real with him because he knows our heart whether we want to open it or not. He sees all yeah. the dark corners. So real with God, real with people, and then allow our stories to be ministering tools. Uh, that's yep. huge. And then the second thing, the second path I would say to take is something that we could share to the listeners because you said it a while ago, there is no one listening to this podcast that has not had to deal with some type of issue, some type of darkness. And I think this needs to be an encouragement to the listener, an encouragement of hope and and where they can find that hope that, that there is hope. Um, it may be someone who has a salvation knowledge in Jesus Christ. One of the yeah. songs, and I don't know if you still get get to sing this on your solo ministry, but one of my favorite songs that you ever sang was When the Prodigal Comes Home. Shoot, Scott, I'll be singing that until the day. <laughs> yeah, and and that <laughs> powerful story of... of Oh my goodness! The the redemption. Uh, the prodigal son goes off on his journey. He leaves his home. He leaves the comforts and the the known uh, comfort of his home and everything that he had in inheritance of that home. And he goes off on his own and he turns away from the way that he knows he should be. And then when he comes to that crashing realization that he is messed up that it's time to get out of the pig pen and go back home. And there that father stands with his arms wide open, no condemnation, yeah, just a father waiting. And, and that message is to, to the one who is born again, but struggling, maybe have gone off the path that there is redemption through a, the, the father forgives and he don't, he, it's not just a one-time forgiveness. It, it's yeah. a perpetual forgiveness. If we, if we repent and we turn back, you know, to him and, 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 and we confess those sins and then definitely in this world and this dark world we're living in. I mean, I do my best to try to keep my head out of the negativity that's all over the place as far as watching yeah. news or watching bad feeds that just kind of keeps pounding this stuff in our head. But there's still no way around it that we live in a very dark world. And one thing that is needed Everyone is looking for hope, and to the person who has never experienced Jesus Christ as Savior, yeah, then just a a big encouragement coming to this to come to the Father. Yep. It you know I uh, as you were talking, I first of all 
talking to the the ministers, the uh, you know whether it's a, a gospel singer, whether it's a preacher, whether it's a, an evangelist. What somebody told me a long time ago, and it changed my life. They said God doesn't need you. Mm. He, he doesn't need you at all. Mm. This ain't about you. <laughs> but you have an opportunity. Amen. Because he wants to use you. And it wasn't it wasn't that I wanted to be better because I wanted him to want to use me. It was that he chose me and he gave me the opportunity. That's what made me want to go, okay, then let's really start doing some things for the Lord. Because so many people can say, well, if he doesn't need me, he doesn't want me that I don't need to worry about, you know, this. I don't need to. I'm just going to do whatever I want. I'm going to do what I'm do my own thing. I'm going to preach. I want to preach. I'm going to say what I want to say or I just want it all. If I thought he called me, but you're right. He doesn't need me. He can do it on his own. No, that's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is don't allow you yourself to become the minister that you think you have to be to be used by God. That's a good word. All you need to do is say yes to the opportunity and begin to grow. And so to the minister, just go. Understand that it isn't about you, but you have one of the greatest opportunities that you'll ever have, and that's to tell somebody that it's about him and do it in a way that he's going to begin to prepare you. Yes. But he's not, he can't begin to prepare you until you realize that he's the one that's giving you the opportunity because then all the pressure doesn't – the pressure's not on you at that point. Right. Pressure's on him. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Because it's then him that has to equip you. He has to equip you at that point. And the word says that he will. Yes. And, uh, and then I just, I, I got to thinking you were talking about the, the believer that needs the encouragement. And I wrote a song and this has not been recorded yet. Matter of fact, maybe I, well, I'm just going to anyway. Um, this is already copywritten everyone. So don't try and take it. It made me think of a chorus to a song that I wrote with Ken West and Jason Cox, and the song title is Broken Believer. Mm-hmm. And this came about because of the conversation that we were just having, and you come to know the Lord, and then you, it's just difficult for people to talk to someone else about their struggles. It's different. It's difficult for someone that is a believer that knows the Lord, that, that knows he lives inside them. It's, it's difficult for them to say, no, I am broken. Uh, but the truth about it is, is that you most definitely can be broken and still be a believer. And the chorus to this song is, even the found can feel lost sometimes. We've got the answer, yet still come with wise. We walk in faith, but wrestle with doubt. And here's what I'm learning in the here and the now. Jesus is not just the Savior, but he's the healer of the broken believer. Oh, yeah. I don't care who you are. (laughs) That's fantastic. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care if you're still under that radical on fire, I was saved last night, or if you've been in some stagnant, complacent place where you haven't told anybody that Jesus loves them in 10 years. Hmm. God loves you and wants to use you. Amen. But if you're broken, he can't use you until you begin to let him heal you. Yes. And it's okay to be a broken believer. Yes. (laughs) It most definitely is okay to wrestle with doubt. But the good thing is that you're wrestling that doubt with faith. Yes. You're wrestling that doubt and that confusion with hope. Because you already know the one that is the answer. 
You know the one that has the answer. Mm. You know the one that in due time, in his time, is going to give you the answer. That's right. And for the one that needs to know Jesus, your life will never, never be at complete peace. You will never understand the absolute peace that you can until you know Jesus. That's right. You will never understand the love that I can tell you about. Amen. You'll never understand the love that you can read yourself about until you experience it. Hmm. And the simple fact of it is he's just waiting on you. That's right. And that is my absolute favorite part of his story. We don't have to, we don't have to do anything but be the prodigal son and wake up one day in the middle of our mess and go, you know, somebody told me once that there's a whole lot better than this. And then all you have to do is turn around and start walking. And the minute that he sees you begin to walk in his direction, I say this almost every single night on stage. The minute, the second that he sees you walking in his direction, he ain't waiting for you. No. He's running as fast as he can. That's and immediately right. That's right. you can experience the love and the peace that I can tell you about that I can do my best to show you as a Christ-like example, but I can't love you. Your spouse can't love you. Your mom and dad can't love you. Your sibling can't love you the way that you'll be loved by the Lord. Amen. And so if you feel like you've got the best love in the world and you're excited about the love that you have felt, but you don't know Jesus, you're missing out. (laughs) You ain't saying nothing yet. No, you haven't. (laughs) That's great. You haven't. Well, Riley, I thank you so much for sharing from your heart. I'm going to tell you something now. This this one, this is this one's going to be mighty different, and that is absolutely okay because I felt like as you and I talked just a smidge before we started recording and and touching base back and forth over the last few days, I felt like this path may go a little differently. Um, we haven't hit some of the uh, normal. I hate to say it, but maybe cookie cutter questions and answer kind of period. And, and that's totally okay because what I truly believe with all of my heart that the Lord was in this and this conversation uh, is, is to be used for his, for his touch and his glory. And uh, I thank you for following spirit and sharing so passionately to, to the listeners. And it's, it's definitely the prayer here uh, with, with all the SBM ministries team uh, to our listeners. Yes. We we do these interviews and we have a lot of fun. We laugh, we entertain, but the whole core of SBM Studios podcast is under the SBM Ministries umbrella, and that is to follow the Lord's leading, to share the gospel, and to to see others come to know a salvation uh, experience in Christ. And and yeah. so to our listeners today, you know, if that's you. Uh, you're probably seeing this. A lot of y'all are seeing this because you see a Facebook post that you followed. Well, if you follow that same post to their origin, you've got contact information uh, that you can get in touch with our SBM, SBM Ministries team. The email address is really easy. It's just scott at sbm.space. So it's scott at sbm.space. Uh, could always send me an email or you could leave us a message on the Facebook Messenger 
just anyway, we would love to talk with you. I also know that Riley, uh, if you go to his website, which we're going to let him share here in just a minute with all his contact information, I know that he would love to share with you and to minister to you and, and to speak with you if you need to talk. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, thank you so much. One of these days, if you or if you're up for it down the road, um, we may try to get back together and we may do a more if there's such thing as a normal uh, <laughs> interview show. We may try to do yeah. that, but uh, I just really felt pressed, and that's kind of the reason that I went ahead and jumped off into it when I did. I just felt pressed sure. to get off the normal outline and and to move in this direction. But uh, just thank you so much for for sharing that. And, and why don't, if you want to real quick, why don't you take a moment? Um, you've talked a little bit about your project. If you want to talk a little bit about that or how folks can find that to purchase, or if you want to talk about your social media presences, just anything you'd like to share as far as listeners, how they can find you and how they can interact with you and support your ministry. Sure. Well, first, before I do that, I just want to tell you, thanks again for letting me be on here for, for letting me talk and for letting me, uh, be able to share my heart and my story and what I love to talk about. And that's the love of Jesus and what he's done for me. I appreciate you giving me that platform. It's been a blessing, brother. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, let me tell you, uh, the project that we were talking about earlier, Welcome to Me, that's my very first project as a soloist, um, has Glory to Glory, which was the Dove Award-nominated song last year. Um, another uh, Other singles have been off that, um, Still, and then he opened his arms, and I Surrender's the current radio single off that project. Um, you can find that project on well, anywhere that you listen to music, uh, digitally, um, physical copies obviously can be purchased from uh, my website. They can be purchased from Daywind's website. They can also be purchased from uh, any brick and mortar that might still be out there that you <laughs> shop for CDs at. Right. Um, it, but I also want to tell you um, that I have a brand new project that is slated at this point. Now that obviously obviously can change, uh, but it is slated at this point to release at the end of this month. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, we, during all this time off, we have, we've committed to what we've been talking about for a while. And that's going into the studio and recording a lot of hymns, uh, some, some hymns that, you know, a lot of people would be familiar with. Yeah. As well as, uh, a couple worship songs that I used to sing uh, whenever I was a kid in church. Um, okay. And then there's there's an original song on there written by Trey Corley, who produced the project, and Jason Crabb. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, I put a bonus track on there, one of my uh, more requested songs uh, the, to sing uh, in live performance. So that project, uh, I can't release a whole lot of details yet because sure. we want to make sure they're all set in stone. <laughs> but I will tell you that it is slated to go out uh, – at the end of this month, actually. And before it goes out, we were uh, releasing um, a digital single. So uh, okay. you'll be able to get that on you know, iTunes, wherever. Um, <clears throat> and I'll say this, a lot of artists are, you know, they're, they're gung-ho on, you know, buy the physical copy, buy the physical copy. While obviously I would love for you to have the physical copy, I just want you to get my music. Um, and uh, I want you to use my music uh, however you can for yourself or for someone else, you know, pitch it to anyone, show it to anyone. Um, I don't care how you listen to it. I just want you to, I just want my music to be out there and be heard because I believe that it was inspired and given to me by God himself. Yes. Um, and so I'm excited for anybody that goes and reaches wherever to get my music. Uh, in saying that, if you want to buy a physical copy from my website, my website's really easy. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. 
It's RileyHarrisonClark.com. Got it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's, that's my website. Uh, you can check out the tour on there. However, um, <laughs> you may want to keep an eye on it about every other day, seeing as how we're having more cancellations than bookings. But it's all right. It'll all turn around at some point. Um, That's you right. can uh, find out more information on me as far as the technical things. And uh, uh, there's a link to social media accounts from my website. Um, so I have, I do have Facebook, uh, Riley Harris Clark Music, um, Instagram, Riley Harris Clark Music. Uh, I have a personal page, but it's pretty full and I don't really check it a whole lot. So <laughs> if you want to get a hold of me, uh, go through the website or go through um, the uh, through Facebook or, or Instagram or something and we'll get back with you as quick as we can. Uh, lastly, if there is a chance uh, that you want to bring me to your church, your venue, your event, or whatnot. I am with April Potter and her agency. Mm -hmm. um, all that information is on the website. Um, she has been great uh, for me. We started working together right before all this hit. So uh, we, we've been working a lot lately together, yes. but it's not, not always been the way that we intended. But right. uh, anyway, I will say that through the rest of this year, um, September, we're going back out on the road as of right now um so we we fully intend on keeping some dates this year as long as we can yes uh just check the website that's the easiest way as soon as we hear that the date's good to go it remains on the website if we hear that a date needs to be canceled or rescheduled it's taken off immediately so uh anyway that's that's how you find me find info about me mm -hmm. and uh, i love to hear from you particularly like scott said man if, uh, if you just need me to pray with you, if you just need um, somebody to agree that uh, God begins to do some great things in your life, I most definitely will agree on that because I have the Word of God to stand on that says that there are great things in store for your life. So, Amen. Uh, awesome, buddy. I just appreciate you letting me do it. Yeah, and I, I thank you for it. And, and speaking along those lines of folks bringing you to their church, if there's any pastors, worship ministers, song leaders, anybody, any churches out there that would like to bring Riley to your church and you do have difficulty finding that information, again, if you'll just trace back and to this post that you probably found this podcast on, I will be sure to help you get connected with uh, Riley because I would love to see him uh, be able to come and minister in your church. And uh, real quick, I want to take a second and just thank our listeners. Uh, you guys are what keeps this truck on the road. Uh, Y'all are doing a fantastic job in sharing us, and and uh, we are growing. We thank you for that. We would love for you to keep sharing. Uh, if you did see this podcast from a post, if you would share that with your friends, it helps us spread the word and get out there a little more. Uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast on, on this platform, uh, you also should have the option to either follow or subscribe. Uh, that would help us greatly. And that would also make sure that you don't miss our next episode and our next interview. And then lastly, on those podcast platforms, you have the opportunity to rate and review uh, the podcast episode or the podcast as a whole. If you wouldn't mind taking just a moment and doing that, uh, that helps us a lot. Several of you have, and we thank you very much for that. But to our listeners, y'all just bless our hearts and we're just thankful uh, we're young, we're growing, um, but we, we never thought we'd be where we're at right now. But that's all because of the support of people like you. So we definitely appreciate that and especially appreciate the way that you support 
uh, these artists that we've had on over the last uh, few weeks, and and we're going to keep doing that. So, but yeah, Riley, we'll we'll try to get another one set up because I had a couple of other things, uh, but I think I, I think this one, I think we can put a bow on this one. I think uh, I think God was in it, and I think He used it, and uh, maybe some point. Uh, down the road after you get your uh, project out, um, you know, we may kind of come back and, and do more of a, 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 I guess I'd say a normal uh, interview sure. and, and, and and do that. But man, I sure, sure do appreciate you sharing your evening with us, buddy. Well, I, again, I appreciate the opportunity and, uh, and I know my wife was uh, excited to get rid of me for a few minutes. <laughs> so, uh, I'll tell you, thank you from her too. <laughs> yeah. Tell her you're welcome. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we uh, and I just pray over you and your family that just God will continue to bless and just keep you during this time. And uh, to our listeners, again, we just thank you for spending this time with us, and we'll see you around the bend. Thank you all. Thanks for listening to today's episode of SBM Studios Podcast. Until next time, this is Jason Baines reminding you to love God and love each other. It really is that simple, y'all.